You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, it is Boomer and Geo on the fan, apparently. 5.03, what do you say we do the warm-up show? Brought to you by Carney Bank, your bank for today. For tomorrow, visit CarneyBank.com for details. I look inside, I don't just see the Eddie Scazzeri. Instead, I see Michael Flegelman as well. But Al Dukes is off. He is down the Jersey Shore doing something with himself, God knows what. And so I am joined. He's lazy. Well, you could certainly say that, Eddie. He could be lazy, yes. I instead am joined by my friend, my partner, uh, and other things, anyhow. His name is Sal Arturi Licata. What up, dude? How are you? Jerry, how are you? I miss you. I am, uh, you know, did you go on at midnight? Uh, yes, I did. You did? Look at you. So you're hanging around for a sixth hour, you radio whore, you. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, you ask, I do. It's as simple as that. They ask, I do. And so I, I, I mean, appreciate it. it. And it's a long one, but it's. I figure with you, come on, it's a breeze. Doing it with somebody else? I mean, you kidding me? Why do you think I'm dying for calls at the end of the show? I need somebody. <laughs> you, your, your built-in call, that's it. Two people, we can do this, no problem. We do We do enjoy that a lot of times. When you get to the end, hit the music, please. Thank God. Because, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, the nights are long, that's for sure. I will tell you, I'm actually excited that Al's not here for one reason and one reason only. Well, two reasons. I like you. But uh, the other reason is... Another no-hitter. I'm going to shoot myself with these no-hitters because as they have gone on and on, he has had this take that no-hitters are no longer special, even though even if, my God, even if you got, let's say, 16 of them this year, which would be a ridiculous number, you've got 162 games played by God knows how many teams, and you add it up, it's still relatively special. But that having been said, to his point, I set the over-under after the sixth one, which was about a month ago or so, I would guess. I set the over-under at eight and a half. I'm trying to be a little, you know, ballsy with that. And so he took the over uh, very quickly. I'm still going with the under. And then last night, I don't think it should count, quite frankly. One of these com- combined? I mean, what is that? I, you know, it's, it's I guess it's a no-hitter, but, like, one guy didn't do it. It's cheap. It does cheapen the accomplishment. But the, the reason why you would think it would go under, and this is why maybe the no-hitter last night is even more uh, surprising because of all the sticky stuff. That's Wouldn't right. you think that that would go down more, especially immediately after the sticky stuff? But yet here we are. And they know it. By the way, it wasn't just a no-hitter. They don't hit the Dodgers right. in, in Los Angeles. I know. I mean, that's insane. Not only that, when you look at who it was, too, it's like, wow, okay. And then you almost had one in Tampa. Oh, by the way, earlier in the day, because the Rays were being no, this is funny to me too. So Nick Pavetta is going, and again, this would be right up Al's alley. I told you it's very easy. Nick Pavetta is into the seventh, I think it was into the seventh inning. He throws a hundred, literally a hundred pitches on the dot. Take him out with a no hitter. I mean, come on. 
Uh, but that's you know what that's baseball Davies, these days. Davies made it to what ninety four or something like that. So you 90, knew he was going to make it anyway. He's in the sixth inning. Here, but the, I think the difference here would be Davies had ninety four pitches, but I think only fifty six for strikes. So at least you could make the case. You know what? He's throwing six no hit innings, but not great. In the right. case in Tampa, it was a hundred pitches. I think it was sixty eight or seventy for strikes, but it was a hundred pitches. I get. Listen, I didn't. I saw how Tampa won the game. I didn't realize how close that Boston was to a no-hitter. But we almost had two in one day, dude. <laughs> Forget yeah, one week, two crazy. in one day. It's crazy. I wouldn't have been shocked, like I said, prior to the sticky stuff. But after that, I was thinking, all right, well, at least the no-hitters will come back down to earth. And here we are. We already have one. Uh, just a, a week in or so to this new rule. So that's what surprised me the can most. You think, and I guess like you, you look at the names who did it, to your point, and against the Dodgers, that was surprising. Can you think now, I, I remember the Astros had one that had that combined hitter at Yankee Stadium. Can you think of another one? I'm, and I know there have been for sure. And I don't mean you know, a starter and then just a closer in the final. And I mean where you get three or four or five guys, right? The Astros did it. My God, mm-hmm. that had been like in the mid-2000s, I want to say, a day game at Yankee Stadium, if I remember if I remember correctly. Hmm. Can you think of another – just top of the head, I know I'm kind of throwing this at you. No, no, it's all right. I was thinking back. I, that's the one that obviously comes to mind. I'm pretty sure I do remember another one happening, but for some reason I can't give the exact – Example of it. All right. Well, how about um, this one? So yeah. Pavetta goes whatever he went. He went six and a third or six and two thirds. I forget exactly what. But this is actually kind of cool. So he he does get taken out. He doesn't get the no hitter. All right, fine, whatever. Although and and the team wound up losing one nothing. But there are names in sports that if you are associated with, it's kind of cool. And I think you would probably tell your grandkids. So Nick Pavetta yesterday by being pulled the way he did and when he was with the six and two-thirds no-hit innings. He joins Babe Ruth as the only Red Sox pitchers removed with a no-hitter after six or more innings. <laughs> That's, That's kind of neat, isn't it? You, that's something that you would never dream of. Maybe you dream about being a Hall of Famer, even though you may, you know it may not be realistic. But to be named, uh, do something the same thing that Babe Ruth did—that is pretty cool. Pretty neat. as unique as that one is. I, you know, and it's funny too because you know when Al always talks about how not special no hitters are. Yet here are the Mets who, all right, the Santana one fine. Say what you want about the base hit down the line that wasn't a base hit. It is amazing how many we are having, and you've got the best pitcher in the world who. You know, it seems like every time he goes out and Jacob DeGrom, it seems like he's four perfect innings, five no-hit innings. And yet, now granted, he hasn't stayed in the game long enough to get one, but it's like, man, when is it his turn and this franchise's turn to get a, like, legit, no doubt about it, no-hitter? You know, San Diego finally did it this year. It's about time. Right. Goodness. It's happening. It is a matter of time. And I'll, I'll say this. We've gotten to a point, he is so good that we've gotten to a point now where that's what we're watching for. It's not about how many runs he's going to allow. We already know he's not going to allow any runs. We already know that he's going to likely win the game. It's about is this going to be the night where he throws a no-hitter. There is now, oh, when he gives up a hit because you're expecting yeah. this to be the night. That's where we're at with DeGrom. That's how good it's been. It's insane. You realize, you know, it's, it's interesting as you grow up, you watch stars, and you always – you're trying to compare them to like yesteryear. And for us, and we're relatively close in age, you know, a few years off, but we're pretty much the same generation, I guess. And for me growing up, like the the mythical legends, you know, were Willie Mays, Mickey Mantle, you know, Yogi Berra, Babe Ruth, DiMaggio, Williams, guys like that. And like we are literally, and one name that we always heard growing up was Sandy Colfax. And like we're watching a modern day, like he's that good. And and in some cases this year, and I know he's had the injuries, and I've heard you, and I understand the whole sentiment of sit him down for a few weeks, and I get I get all that. 
Yet well, he's, he said he had tendonitis. I, I mean, that, that's why I was saying Understood. That. And then the whole shoulder thing, he could only go a couple of innings. I, I, I right. understand all that. Yet at the end of the day, as he's still battling through something injury-wise, whatever it might be, even if it's between the, between the ears, he still runs out there, and he still throws shutout inning after shutout inning, and he's got an <laughs> ERA not of 1.50, not of 1.1, of 0.5. Have you ever actually, like, stepped back and – Put the injury stuff aside that annoys the hell out of you, and I under, I actually get it. I understand it, but just embraced what the hell this guy is doing this year. It is no, it really is fascinating. I think he's he's almost so good so often. And Gary Cohen, I always say this is the best description was routine brilliance, and that's exactly what it is. But he's so good that it's become expected, which is almost sad. I mean, he makes it look so easy. He dominates every batter, every inning. So I haven't really stepped back. I try to, but when you're living it real time, it's just happening in front of you. You don't think about how historic this actually is. It is remarkable what he's doing. Better than Gooden. I mean, arguably a better season than Seaver has had. And the fact that he's being mentioned in the same breath as Seaver alone is a great enough accomplishment because we're witnessing it in our lifetime here. But yeah, I mean, 0.5, uh, 0. 0.50 ERA, that is just, it's insane. I never it's, thought that was realistic. And it's really funny you mentioned Gooden there because he's the one, I didn't see Seaver. You know, I'm very little at the end, and I was a kid, so I really didn't see Seaver at all. But I think it was 85 where Gooden had the 24 wins. And I remember as a kid, especially in the summer, where we would go out and clearly no internet or phones or anything like that, and it would be who had the newspaper to find out if Gooden was pitching. Oh, Gooden's pitching. Mets are either winning or at least you knew that they were in that game. But we assumed that they would win because Gooden was pitching. And while it's it's so funny because – DeGrom's a better pitcher than Gooden was, but Gooden was so dominant that year, you just knew the Mets were winning. You have a similar yet different feeling with DeGrom because here's what you know. DeGrom's going to go out and shut down the other team, but you don't have the sense the Mets are winning because he gets so little run support. But it is a similar feeling in that you know he's going to go out and dominate every time he is out there. So it is, it's been fun. It really is. It's fun to watch, and he has appointment TV for sure. Do you think, though, Jared, it takes away from it a little bit, and maybe I'm just thinking this uh, you know, to myself here, maybe this is part of the reason, because so many other pitchers are having great success. Now, not to that level, obviously, but pitching has dominated this year. And the no-hitters, we know about that. But just in general, it seems like every stat line, especially before the spider attack stuff uh, was banned, every stat line was seven innings, no walks, 14 strikeouts. I mean, even scrubs were going six innings, 10 strikeouts, no walks. It was remarkable. So maybe that takes a little bit away because the way pitching is dominated. But even with that, he's dominated more so than anybody else. I'll tell, so you, is, I'll tell, you, why, I'll tell you why it doesn't, Sal, because when you look at – and I'm pulling it up right now because I know he's, I think, a full run ahead of the next guy. If you give me one second to find this. So if I go ERA, okay, I, I agree with you. If if DeGrom was, was throwing to an ERA of 1.4, which is still historically ridiculous, then maybe because I pull up the numbers here, you got Kevin Gaussman, which is amazing to me. He's throwing to an ERA of 1.49. That's he was, what I mean. That's, uh, come yeah, on, that's no, no, crazy. No. But he's a full run ahead of that. So if you told me that DeGrom was at 1.40, which is still amazing, but then Gaussman's 1.49, Brandon Woodruff of the Brewers 1.9, you got Trevor Rogers in Miami 2.08. Okay, he's you know what he's having a great season, but you know what? Look at the year. Sal, he's at 0.50. There's no one yeah. close to him. So I get your point, but I think he's still so in an 
in an age where, or at least a season where the pitching is dominating, and it'll be interesting the way the rest of the season plays out because of the sticky stuff that's no longer around, at least we don't think it is, he's still so far and away better than the next guy. It doesn't take away. It actually is almost more impressive to me because it shows me that he is that much better than everybody else. Yeah, it's almost like uh, you know to the offensive comparison would be Bonds, where you couldn't get the guy out. He looked unstoppable. He'd either walk or hit a home run. You know, the seventy-three homers, which seems ridiculous, even though people were juicing, he was that much better than everybody. And obviously, Degrom is clean, or at least we expect Degrom to be clean. But he's that much better than everybody else. Oh, look, I've never seen anything like it. So I've heard about Colfax. I've heard about Seaver in his heyday. I've heard about Bob Gibson. Even Gooden, while I grew up watching him, I was still a little too young right. to truly appreciate the dominance. And you could reference Pedro, too, dominating in the steroid era. But this, I mean, not allowing runs? And he's doing it. This is not, I mean, this this may be his best year but or his best start, but he's been doing it since 2018 routinely. Generally, you, you say, okay, well, one year he's going to fall off. He hasn't fallen off at all. He's gotten better. He's gotten better, yeah. right? And he can hit, which is really fun, too. So I don't know how he got onto DeGrom, but whatever. Oh, the no-hitter thing. That's right. Exactly. So, yeah, no-hitter last <laughs> night in L.A. by the Cubs. Who knows? You never know where this the direction we take. Uh, we have a lot to do. We're just getting started. That is Sal sitting in for Al. We've got Boomer and Gio on a Friday. And it's funny, before we take a break, it's not often that I sit th- I'm not. I'm really not the type, Sal, that's like, thank God it's Friday, the weekend. Because mm-hmm. I like coming to work. I like the job, all that. And usually I get some sleep. But we had a tournament this week where every game started at 7. We had they we flipped a coin to find out if you got the 5 p.m. game slot or the 7.30 p.m. game slot. Would you believe I got the 7.30 slot each night? Yes, I got of course, no 5 o'clock starts. Since so. I've known you, you haven't had the best of luck. Oh. Did you? Are, you? are you coaching? Are you managing yeah, this team? Yeah, yeah, did yeah. you win? It's, it's Joseph's team. No, we lost last night in the semifinals. Joseph to, dominated, I'm sure. He did. You know what? He did great. Hit the top yeah. part of the fence. Uh, the other kid on Manalapan hit a uh, bomb of home runs. <laughs> As these kids get big, it is funny watching them play on the you know 200 foot fence. It's but it's like yeah. a smaller field now as they're getting big. I mean, the kids standing five foot eight is my height, and you're watching these kids just all of a sudden they can really hit the ball. But yeah, my point is. This is one Friday that I cannot wait to go to bed tonight because this has been a rough, rough week sleep-wise. Anyway, Sal Tell me about for it. Al. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I ready. I I'm ready to fall asleep now, as a matter of no, fact. No, no, no. you got 45 <laughs> minutes left. Relax. Don't fall asleep on the break, all right? We're going to take a break, uh, and then we got Boomer and Geo at the top, so don't go away. That having been said, this is also the time where if Al was here, he would tell you, hey, guys, did you know I'm celebrating my one-year anniversary in my new condo? Yeah, 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 yeah. So Al bought this condo last year, and it's already worth more than he bought it for. Pretty crazy, right? So stop paying rent and build equity with Carney Bank. You deserve to make money on your investment. Carney was his bank of choice and made the entire mortgage process easy. You want to go with someone you can trust and actually get on the phone uh, with someone when you have questions. He trusts them, and you can too. Visit CarneyBank.com slash mortgages. That's CarneyBank.com slash mortgages. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. And figure this about Carney Bank. There's no bigger pain in the ass than Al. Carney Bank dealt with him. They can deal with anybody. All right, it's the warm-up show until 6 o'clock. Don't go away. Boomer and Geo then on the fan. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Jerry, let's talk more rock. All right, rocking our way to the weekend, 25 after 5. What do you say? It's the warm-up show, Sal, in for Al this morning. And you know what we call this segment usually, Sal? What's that? Any idea? No. No. This segment we usually call, or at least this morning, the segment of Sal. So (laughs) there's no production, so that's the best I could do. All right. Couple because a couple well, things. I'm used to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> so <laughs> I I listen to you most mornings coming in for at least I would say my ride's about 45 minutes or so. So I usually get. How you... am I doing? I love it. I really do. Okay. And the one thing I always right. tell Al is, and Eddie and whoever asks, is that you're even at four o'clock in the morning, your energy through the night is outstanding. And yeah, I usually I get you from probably either a little before 3 or right around 3 until about 3.30, 3.40, something like that, I would okay. say. So I would say, great. I love it. I actually enjoy it. And there were a couple <laughs> of things this, that I took from this morning's show. Number one, I enjoyed the first thing I heard when I got in the car. By the way, Islanders game seven tonight, doubleheader for the Mets and Phillies today, and the Yankees in Boston, big series with the Red Sox. Um, you were yelling at the guy about these sports superstitions. Oh my God, that guy keeps calling. Do you believe that? I do believe he that he keeps calling. I do. Believe he that. actually, he actually believes his regimens or whatever it is that he does has an impact on these games. Well, I thought. Listen, when I was a kid, I thought the same thing. And it's funny how you have days where it doesn't work, and yet you still go back to it, like. An idiot, <laughs> because you think it has any impact on what's going on. Jer, yes, when you were a kid, when I was a kid, same thing. As I said, he is not a kid. He is an adult that is really in his mind believing that his whatever it is that he's doing has an impact on, let's say, the Mets this particular year. When did you stop doing that, would you say? <laughs> um, Last week. I, I, Yeah, well, I still do some of it. I mean, I, but well, I don't what think What are you yelling at him for then? Because he actually believes it matters. I do it just to let myself mentally look. I have mental problems. You know that. I want to be. I w- I want to be able to absolve myself from all blame whatsoever. So there are certain things. You know, I even said it with the Knicks series. I was watching uh, the games in one spot in the house, and and they got smoked. So for the final, you know, for the fifth game, I was going to go downstairs and watch it separately. So th- there's something little that I would still do. But do I believe that that had an impact? No, that's not why the Knicks lost. They lost because Julius Randle stunk. Now here's where it kind of an impact I, I actually do believe this when you play sports as like a kid in high school if you've got a ritual or a, even if it's a superstition whatever you want to call it you can get inside your own head and you actually can affect it not because of what you did or why you were doing it but it's almost like you talk yourself out of things you know like it's almost as if like I remember one year in high school and this is disgusting but I wore the same t-shirt or the same I had a Daryl strawberry <laughs> shirt Hmm. that I would wear under my jersey before every game. And I think, if I remember correctly, the first game I did that, I, I think I had two or three hits, and I wouldn't let my mother watch wash the shirt. And that was the whole season. I mean, how disgusting is that? But you yeah. can talk, like, had she taken that and washed it, I could have very easily talked myself into having a bad game. And then I would have right. said it was the superstition, as opposed to me just sucking that day. 
Well, I get superstitions. Like I said, I'm still superstitious myself. However, you don't, especially looking back now as an adult, you don't really think that it has an impact on, especially if you're not in it, Jerry. You're talking about even something that you're in and you're right. Mentally, you could take yourself out of it thinking, oh, it's that damn T-shirt or I'm not using the same bat and just mentally think that you're off and therefore you're not going to play as well. But to say that whatever I'm doing has a, an impact on the result of the Nick game is is crazy of talk. Course it, of on. course it is. But that's why we're sports fans and that's why we're yeah. a bunch of idiots in our own right. All right, so True. the next part of our segment of Sal, uh, I heard this this morning, which I love because this somehow, I don't know how I have to incorporate this from time to time, but I just love this on its own. Yes! Yes! Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> so I think I think from now on, so this week I did 80s Al versus Fukakta Eddie. We did a game on Wednesday or whatever day it was, and I think when they get the answers right from now on. Yes! Yes! <laughs> ding, ding, ding! It's <laughs> a great sound effect now. So oh, it's man. perfect. So we've That's got that. No, I love that. I thought that was awesome. Then do you remember, remember when Kevin Burkhart was doing, uh, whatever you want to call it, sidelines or whatever for the yeah. Mets on SNY? Of course you do. Remember he used to get a lot of accolades for he'd be doing the interview, and he'd be like, all right, we're joined by, you know, Johnny Johnson. And he played for the 1955 Cubs. Oh, there's a single to left, blah, blah. And they would go right back in the character of the mm. interview. And he would get right back to what he was doing. I noticed you pulled one of those off this morning. You pulled a Burkhart. That's how you play defense in the NBA in today's game? I mean, you got to be kidding me. <clears throat> Better be careful. I'm going to blow my voice out again. That's what you take <laughs> away from that play. <laughs> that was, now, it's a Burkhart in a different way, but I like how you were all animated and so upset, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh, let's calm down again. Oh, right back to it. <laughs> yeah, I was starting to lose my voice there. I yeah, know, right. I know you were. And then the next part, I want to compare you to Marv. Because you gave us a Marv this morning, which I thought was tremendous. If I can find it here. Is this it? Let's see. Oh, the shoulder shimmy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that sounded like? Man, that was worse than I thought. <laughs> oh, the shoulder shimmy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and now. Oh, it's terrible. This is the real Marv. Oh, oh, right. oh no, he did. Yeah, no, he did. No, now, the only thing that stinks about that, because that's the same play that you're describing, yeah. is that he didn't do the yes like oh, you did. Oh, the shoulder shimmy. Yes. <laughs> I, I was oh, driving in. I swear to God, I was laughing through that whole segment. Because just just the fact that you think that they want to play defense. Oh, come on. Now. But you saw that play, though. They were running the other way. You know, oh, there's no question. I mean, he and even uh, Trey Young. 20 seconds. He, he even said. After the game, he was tired. He's like, eh, there was no one on me, so <laughs> I took a split second for myself. But what, what's interesting about that, though, and I don't know how much of the Nets and Bucks you actually watched because you were so checked out with the Knicks, and that's fine. Maybe you watched it all. I don't know. The Bucks played the Nets like it meant everything to them. I thought they played them tough. They played them physical. At times, it was like a rugby match more than it was basketball. And they played a very defensive-minded game for seven games with Brooklyn. And that, again, that was one play. But I don't think there was a play like that in the entire series against Brooklyn. And that was like a give-up. I mean, you were so right with what you said. It was like, all right, he, the juke. And it was like, everyone just watched him. 
Like, I, they stood there. I mean, yeah. that is, and this is a playoffs game one, Eastern Conference Finals. You're right. And, and maybe that's something, and you would think by now teams wouldn't take Atlanta lightly, but maybe they've been getting overlooked and, you know, it's not the net. So Milwaukee thinks they could take it easy. Game one, maybe the Sixers thought the same thing and they're around with them. But how could you, that is, that's one of the worst plays I've ever seen where guys were actually not even trying to defend. That's like an all-star game. Yeah. And, well, it's like a regular season game is what it looked oh, like. Oh, true. Yeah. Because right. that, you know, that's one thing about the NBA, and I love, I really do. I love basketball, but, and as much as I have enjoyed watching Durant um, this year and and Kyrie and all that, and, and I have, I've, I really have, I've enjoyed watching the Nets. There have been so many regular season games, though, that have been, it's a boring product. It just is. And I think, you know, the postseason so far has been better, and the defense has been turned up, and it's been, you know, it's been more fun for sure. The regular season in the NBA, though, is a joke. I mean, and I'm not saying all the teams. I can only compare what I see, and the Knicks definitely played a defensive-minded game this year, so I'm not comparing it to that. But the Nets have been, listen, we're going to put 130 on the board. Good luck getting to 131. I mean, that's essentially how they play. And I've just found it a very boring style of of basketball. So, And I don't know if it's changing anytime soon. It's been like that for a while, and that's part of the reason why I've lost my love for it. But... The Knicks, it was twofold. The Knicks having success and the Knicks having success in a way where we liked it because they actually played defense the majority of the year. That's kind of what got me back in. But, Jerry, you know what the problem is? That only takes you so far. I would think that, and even with Milwaukee, right, being one of the better defensive teams, I would think that that would take you uh, a long ways here. And it, it didn't with the Knicks. And Milwaukee, even the fact that they would lose that game one at home like that in the Eastern Conference Final, come on now. I mean, that can't happen. And it just, not enough teams play defense. Simple as that. They love shooting the three ball. Nobody wants to play any defense. Well, and the threat, there was a game this year, I remember, where the Nets, I want to say, I, I don't remember the number exactly, but I want to say they put up like 43s or something, which is about normal in the NBA these days. Maybe that's a little much, but I mean, you're getting routinely, I would say, at least 30 from almost right. every team on a, on a nightly basis. And I remember Steve Nash afterwards says, yeah, we shot a lot of threes. Actually, wish we shot more. I'll never forget he said that, and I played the clip, because to him and to a lot of coaches, the value of the three-point shot is just worth more than that mid-range game. It's almost like dunk or three, and if either or not there, pull it out and start over until you can find it. And I don't know. like the You know, there are plays, for instance, like the – who was it? Was it Trey Young to John Collins the other night with the alley-oop off the glass in the first quarter? Like, there are still plays that dazzle you for sure. There's no question about it. And these guys are such incredible athletes that I'm not taking anything away from them. But when you kind of lose that mid-range game, it's just, I don't know. It's it's a it's a much different game than we grew up watching. It really are is. You, are you invested in this now with these Final Four? Because I'll be honest with you, I'm not. I mean, outside, outside of a financial investment, picking the Suns before the playoffs to win it all. I really don't care. I mean, the Knicks are out. They've been out. Now the Nets are out. Where's the – I mean, where's the hook unless you're better? I, I don't care about it. I'm tired of hearing about the Atlanta Hawks, the Bucks. I think both those teams are overrated. No Kawhi Leonard. That hurts a little bit. Are you into it, what, making a point to watch these games? No. I mean, I can tell you tonight, tonight's all about the Islanders. It's game, There's nothing right, like a exactly. game seven. It's a Friday night, which is tremendous. I actually plan to take a nap this afternoon so I can stay up and watch it and not be drooling on myself by 8.30. <laughs> Um, you laugh. That's most Friday nights. But I, I like. I'm really looking forward to this. So if the Islanders win and get to the Cup Finals against Montreal, any night there on, it's going to be Islanders. And you know, for me, I'm watching the Mets and the Yankees. I, right. I mean, I will definitely peek in on the basketball. You know, for sure. 
But no, I, I, it's to me, it's Islanders, and then you got Mets, Yankees, and then whatever else you know piques the interest. But no, it it definitely takes away. I mean, the Suns are certainly a fun team to watch. The Hawks with Young have been. I know you don't want to hear it, but sure, they, no, they've been fun. They've been fun. I get it. But it's not. I don't know. It, yeah, it doesn't do it for me. I'm with you. It's not. And let me tell you another thing. We didn't bring up real quick, and, and it's one of those things. Like you said, I'm watching the Mets, Yankees, and Islanders. That takes precedent over anything else. But if I happen to catch it, and I did the other night, the end of. Game two, Clippers and Suns, and I had I, you know I was getting ready for work or whatever it is that I was doing. I was, I was let me throw it on a close game. I'll watch it, and it, there was maybe twenty seconds left in the game. It took thirty five oh, minutes. I know that that and we're not talking about three point shooting here. We're talking about how did the final twenty seconds or so take thirty five minutes? Timeouts and reviews. And I mean, it's always been a problem as far as timeouts go. That's back as far as I can remember starting watching the, the, the league. But now with the replays, I mean, you're reviewing everything here. That's unwatchable. 40 minutes to finish 20 seconds of basketball? That's I agree. insane. No, you're not wrong. You're, you're 100% right. All right, we got to take a break. It's 536. We're more than halfway home. We'll get you to Boomer and Geo coming up at the top on the fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Al and Jerry, number one with meatheads in the gym. <laughs> All right, coming up on a quarter to six, Sal is in for Al, who's got the extended weekend, the Friday off. Uh, I want to ask you and discuss the Islanders here in just a moment, but we never finished the segment of Sal last hour because we got into another discussion. I have one thing I want to play, uh, and I would like to, I would like your take on it. Now, I didn't hear this, but I was tipped off by someone. I'm not going to say who, Gio. Uh, and so I want to actually hear this for the first time. Now, I would describe this as such. I could be wrong because oh, I haven't heard it yet. I haven't heard it yet. I don't know. So I'm going to say this is a tutorial, I think, on how to give your guest a tongue bath. <laughs> now, you, I, I don't know that. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's how it was presented uh, to me. So you had John Boy on this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great guest, for sure. I mean, he's certainly become very popular. Now, this is how, right, this is how the interview ended, Eddie. Is that fair to say? All right. I haven't heard it yet, so let's listen along together. You guys are having a lot of fun. I'll tell you, like I said, even as somebody who grew up a Mets fan, you know, I'm rooting for the Yankees here because what we do in New York sports, I want to see the Yankees and Mets both do well, but right. your content is second to none. Your passion for baseball is second to none. You and Jake. I, you know what I love, too? Watching you guys do that for Tyone's first start. I watched a lot of that live. I was watching along with you guys, and it was great. So you do fun things, and I think you're great for baseball, and I appreciate your few minutes, and good luck to your Yankees, John Boy. Well, thank you for having me. Thanks for watching that. That was a fun time, yeah. Yeah, no problem. John Boy. Boy Media, check him out, of course, on Twitter and, you know, Talking Yanks and all that stuff. Thanks, John Boy. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I mean, he's so good you thanked him twice. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I thought that that was going to be edited out as this was a taped interview, but... Oh, so, oh, I see. Right, 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 right. And at the end... I, I was you. well, right. I, I thanked him once, and then the second thank you was more of a. I got you know, it off the air. Thanks, dude. See you later. So, so. a little pet boil sabotage. <laughs> yeah, well, whoever cut it up. I mean, yeah, I don't want to. Hey, I'm the star the of WFAN. I'm WFAN's <laughs> pet boil. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got it. You know, to be quite fair, I don't think that was as bad as G made it sound, but a little well, bit of a tongue bath. A little bit. That was. Oh, I, what I, a I, tongue bathing. <laughs> I, I did kiss his rear end, but it's, I'm not doing it to kiss up to him. I actually am a fan of it. Yes, I mean, I wonder you hear me do yes, that. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> As soon as Gio texted me, I heard that sound in my head. Well, I heard that in my head. Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, at least you can have fun with it, right? Yeah. Oh, he, by the way, he, his it is amazing what he has turned that into because I – it was nothing, really. And then that whole thing with Aaron Boone. No, I shouldn't say it was nothing. He was basically putting content out there. I don't know how popular it was or it wasn't. But, my God, with the whole Aaron Boone thing and him figuring out how to get the audio when he was on the field, I mean, that has absolutely exploded. Well, it's the really breakdown, it, it, it started with – he was the one who uncovered the trash can banging oh, in that's the team. Right. But I, I thought wasn't Savages in the box first? Oh, well, uh, no, I guess not. No. I guess it would have been the Astros. That's right. The Savages in the box was a, another level, too. But I'm um, pretty sure it was the Astros right. thing that he blew up. And he did it better than anybody else. He had the bangs down. He had the sounds. All of it, which was incredible. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm a fan of it. He, they do have good personality. Oh, it's fantastic. It is. No, yeah. I agree. I, I'm just having fun with you because, uh, you know, G said you gave him a tongue no, bath. No, he and... did. He texted me. Right. Had his uh, John Boy's bleep taste. And I was like, oh, okay. Good morning. Jeez. Well, okay. Well, that's what you want to see at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Tongue bath time. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, yes. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. Anyhow, all right, so we do have the Islanders tonight. We've got a game seven. So Montreal wins last night. This thing is set up for the Island. Now, I heard you with your NHL guest as well, and it's funny because – I'm sitting there thinking, I know the Lightning are going to be a heavy favorite tonight. I'm like, you know, I think I'm going to dial up BetMGM today and go with the Islanders. But then I heard both of you guys, you're, you you think the Isles are going to go in and win this thing. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, maybe i got to back off now. But I kind of feel that. the same way. There's something about this team that, I don't know, I, it, I feel like it's got Stanley Cup finals written all over. But you, by the way, you know Kucherov's playing tonight, even though they wouldn't say that yesterday. I don't know. I mean, it sounded mm, like why didn't why didn't he get back there? Yeah, why didn't he get back there in Game Six though? That was early on in that game. I mean, I thought you were going to see him back out on the ice for that one. Well, because you're winning you the game. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you're not going to bring him back in at all well, uh, late in that second period or third period. I think he's bang- for one. He clearly is banged up and injured. I don't think there's any question about that. Two, you take the two nothing lead. You're still up two one midway through the third. Like, what's the rush to get him back? And you've got Game Seven in your own building. Yeah. By the way, the other reason why you would take the Islanders, I mean, I know if you think a team's going to win, you take it, but how could you bet on Tampa Bay and laying whatever it is, 175 or 150, when you could get the Islanders at plus one and a half even money? It's one game. This has been a tight series. I mean, I think they're the better value bet, as well as, like you said, just something special about this team. They're not the best team, they're not the most talented team. But man, it just feels like they're destined to go to the Stanley Cup. They final. just work hard, and they don't. And yeah. I know they had the one eight nothing, whatever that was, eight nothing, and whatever. I mean, those those games happen. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't know, man. They're coached well. It's a good group. It's to me, it's the it goes to show if you put the right players together, you have the team chemistry, you can do anything. And I and they're a good team. We've known that, and I am not stunned that they're in this spot. And I, you know what? I hope they make it. I really do. I hope. I hope we have a Stanley Cup final because I have. I've been a hockey fan going all the way back to when I want to say, my gosh, 
I think my dad took us to the garden to see the Rangers and Capitals in the playoffs. I want to say in 1984, 85, something like that. And I remember walking into the garden and being just locked in on hockey. And really, my family's been a hockey family. Not that we played it, but we watched it almost every night. Love hockey. And I, honestly, Ranger I, fans? Because I thought you well, were a no. uh, Devils fan. So, I thought you were Devils for sure. He, my dad's company at the time had season tickets for the Rangers and the Devils. I went to as many Devil. I probably went to more Devil games than Ranger games, but but I saw a lot of both. But I went to a lot of Devil games at the uh, in the Meadowlands. So certainly a Devil fan. But I went to the Garden often to watch the Rangers uh, with him. And I, it's one thing that I've never understood all these years. I've just never, I can't comprehend how hockey is not more popular. And the whole notion that you can't follow the puck on TV is such garbage because anybody that goes to a game just loves it. And then you get to the playoffs, and there's nothing like it. And it just it blows my mind that we so have – Kind of like what you were talking about before with the – I want you to take a break real quick. But you're talking about the NBA and how maddening it is that the final minute can take a half hour. Well, you don't have that in hockey. I mean, all right, you have sudden death in the playoffs, but there's there's a beginning and there's an end. Even in the regular season, you don't have to worry about the final minute taking a half hour. And yet, I don't know, for whatever reason, that hasn't been the case. So You know, also, Jared, we've seen basketball change and evolve, right? The game is totally different than what it was 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Baseball, same thing. Football, way offensive now, throwing the ball instead of running it and playing defense. Hockey's essentially, I'm not a hockey expert by any stretch, but it's essentially the same game that we grew up watching. It is. And I know we got to take a quick break here, but I will tell you, it's not as physical as it was, I don't think. Right. And I think the, the padding for the goalies has changed, but you're right. It's essentially the same game for the most part. Quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. We got Boomer and Geo coming to you at six o'clock as well. Now, Al is off, but if he was here, he would let you guys know and remind you that he's been in his new condo down the shore for just over a year now, and it's already worth more than he paid for it. Now, it's worth more in just a year's time. That is pretty good. Stop paying rent and build equity with Carney Bank. They make the entire mortgage process easy. Visit CarneyBank.com slash mortgages to learn more. Rates still low, and you don't need to put down 20%. Go with Carney Bank. That's CarneyBank.com slash mortgages. Member FDIC equal housing lender. All right, we'll step aside, but first, an Odyssey Sports Minute. It's Amy Lawrence. A lot of new teams in the postseason in the NBA and NHL. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, we got a couple more minutes so we get you to the top. Warm-up show brought to you by Carney Bank, your bank for today, for tomorrow. Visit CarneyBank.com for details. Yankees beat up the Royals yesterday, 8-1, uh, to one, hit a bunch of home runs. The Yankees are in Boston starting tonight. You've got the Mets playing two with the Phillies later uh, this afternoon slash this evening, really. And the Islanders, Game 7 in Tampa. Sal in for Al this morning. By the way, this has, I mean, been a blink, so I appreciate yeah. you hanging out for the sixth hour this morning. Yeah, no problem. Oh, I was telling Eddie, all these commercial breaks, I feel like I'm not even working. This is, uh, this is an hour off here. Between you and the commercials, it's great. Yes! Yes! Ding, ding, <laughs> oh, ding! Geez. I love that. I'm sorry, dude. I, that's going to be like forever now because that, oh, one, that one's a good no. one. No, that's a good one. That one's a good no. one. Um, real quick, because I actually see even the news is covering this, which is interesting to me with what's going on in the world, that this is a news story. But so you've got Major League Baseball All-Star Game is in Colorado this year, as we know. It was switched from Atlanta to Colorado. And they they uh, showed the jerseys yesterday. Did you see these at all? There were two. There were actually two yeah. uniform stories yesterday. The throwback helmets, or alternate helmets, I'm sorry, for the NFL and the All-Star Game jerseys. People are in love with the alternate helmets because you can see your Falcons with the red helmet, perhaps, 
and the Black mm-hmm. Falcon uh, as an example. And the the All Star jerseys, while the hats are really cool, the jerseys are terrible. Uh, you did see them, yes? The white jerseys? Yes. I don't understand why they wouldn't. They'd be okay. I mean, look, they're ugly anyway, but they'd be okay. They'd be tolerable if you just took the emblem and put it on the other side as opposed to on the letters of the city. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. What Sal's talking about is down the left side of the jersey, you've got the three-letter abbreviation of the city for where the player plays and then who they play, or the Rocky emblem, then through the... It's it's awful. And right it on bl- top of it. And it's so bland. It looks like something out of the 1930s. Right. And, and someone got paid to design that, which is fascinating to me. Like, they actually picked that up and said, this is it. As a and the Yankees Red Sox baseball. All right, bye, Jared.